0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, Or, I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers, and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So, welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on.
0: Good
1: morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning morning. to you. Good morning. Welcome to the Sunny Side Up Report. I'm Laura Wasser.
0: I'm Johnny Rains, Guten Morgen, as they say in Holland. Jesus. That means
1: good morning, America. Yeah, we got it. So this is the part of the Divorce Sex Podcast where Johnny and I give you some current events that are going on in the happiest place on earth, Hmm. or not, (laughs) Um, the world of divorce. Not to be confused with Disney. Some items we've curated from the internet over the past few days. Yes. The first being, I know we've all been watching the Royals, and uh, most recently, Princess Beatrice got married, and...
0: Then one of the things that we found that I loved, speaking of the royals from our generation, Sarah Ferguson was recently in the press with Grazia.co.uk saying that she is divorced too, not from Prince Andrew. Now, Princess Sarah Ferguson, or the former Princess Sarah Ferguson, I suppose she's been defrocked of her princess title. I don't think she was a princess. No? No. Oh, uh, a duchess. Or a, a royal consort. Mm. Nevertheless, uh, what she says is she and Prince Andrew are the happiest divorced couple in the world. We're divorced to each other, not from each other. She told journalist Frances Hardy, who spent two days with Fergie to find out more about her. Also, for those of you in the audience who might be Gen Xers, you may recall that Sarah Ferguson back in the 80s really knew how to rock a jumpsuit, which are back on the runways autumn winter 2018.
1: Okay. Anyway, evidently, um, (laughs) Fergie and Prince Andrew have been rocking conscious uncoupling since well before Gwyneth and Chris. So take that, you guys. It really is a lovely article and lovely to hear. What she has to say about how well she gets along with her ex, particularly in times of family celebrations and also family crisis. So they attended the wedding. They both were all smiles. I think that's really, really awesome.
0: And I have to say, for what is she, 56? She looks great.
1: Go, Fergie. Another article that we pulled from Pop Sugar. who is the authoress of this? The
0: authoress is Murphy Maroney. Okay.
1: My parents got divorced this year. Here's how I'm navigating the holidays. Again, it's not always about uh, divorcing couples. Sometimes it's about divorcing family members, whether it's your parents or your kids. It's interesting to figure out the best way of dealing with things. And so one of the things that Murphy tells us is, Except that you're going to celebrate the same holiday multiple times. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, tell me about it. I don't know if anybody reads our blog, but I wrote thing about Thanksgiving, which I never liked in the first place. I don't like the food. I don't like the colors. So now I have to do it twice every year, Mm. or I did when my parents split up back in the 80s. And then finally I said to them, if you want me to be a part of Thanksgiving, (laughs) you guys better suck it up and do it together, which we now, for the most part, do. And that's really nice. And both of my kids and both of their dads come to thanksgiving at my right. mom's with my dad and my current boyfriend and his kids so it really is kind of the more the merrier we do it for the kids we do it for a sense of family and like we always say here on the divorce Ducks podcast i know not it's over easy even if you're not all living under the same roof you still are
0: family it's amazing that you can do that with with everybody in the same room and do, do your parents do, i mean i know i've been there but for people out there who haven't been invited to your mom's house for thanksgiving
1: is there anyone out there that hasn't been invited <laughs> to money's house
0: to and by okay. the
1: way, let's give a shout out. I don't know yes. when this is going to air, but we've been kind of bunny lives in Malibu at Malibu Bunny. She's been evacuated. Yes. She's been staying at my house hmm. for the last uh, several days. And um,
0: are you going to host us Thanksgiving at your place? If or- we're
1: not back in Malibu by Thanksgiving. There may not be a Thanksgiving. But anyway, um. No, anybody in, in Malibu, Point Doom, Paradise Cove, Malibu Park, Oak Park, so much of Southern California has, and and Northern, Northern, and Northern have experienced these fires. And our hearts go out, and to the extent Absolutely. that there's something that you at home can do, please do go to LAFireDepartment.org, see how you can contribute. Right now, we're really um, making contributions to the fire department's hydration packs, easy-to-eat kind of nutrition bars. Mm-hmm. But also, I am sure that in the weeks to come, there's going to be so many displaced families that need things. So. Mm-hmm. Check that out, because uh, there's a lot that we should be thankful for at this Thanksgiving and a lot of other people we can be helping. Absolutely. Let's talk about Mayor Millionaire Rudy Giuliani. You mean poor Giuliani? Somebody that probably also needs some help. Millionaire Rudy Giuliani cries poor in divorce court after spending big on alleged mistress
0: yes he's suffering apparently from SIDS sudden income deficit syndrome
1: (laughs) this article in November on his owner by Victoria by tell us Johnny what's happening to poor
0: Rudy poor Rudy well it's really what's happening to his ex-wife she is not getting her alimony and that's not going over well, as you can imagine. He also claims that working for the president for free absolves him from having to pay alimony.
1: Yeah, that's Doesn't make any sense. not how it works. I'm not sure who's advising him. I mean, him. you're the
0: divorce attorney. How does it work?
1: How it works is if you really cannot find employment that that's able to pay you, then you might be able to reduce your support obligations. But if you've opted to do something for free or for a lower amount, then you don't get to just, you still have income imputed to you at the level that you could Mm -hmm. be earning. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know, maybe somebody's reading him a different
0: kind of law. Well, and there's also hundreds of thousands of dollars in discussion here. I mean, there's no reason why even if he is taking time off to work for free to do his you know, yeah, civic it- duty, that he can't afford it. Tip
1: into your savings, Rudy.
0: Poor right. Rudy.
1: Finally, on Reddit, we have an article about...
0: 14 underrated parts of divorce, according to people on Reddit. And this is actually brought to us by Bustle. They, they surveyed a variety of people on Reddit um, to get to these... Uh, 14 Underrated Parts of Divorce, and this is all compiled by Megan Grant at Bustle. So
1: as we've talked about in the past, you know, divorce is not always only an ending. It's also a beginning. It's a next chapter. And one of the things we try to do is really show people the silver lining in that cloud. Mm-hmm. Here's some of the ones I love. No more monster-in-law. Yay! Bye-bye, monster. Uh-huh. Actually wanting to go back home. Evidently, some people <laughs> not thrilled to be returning to their spouse's Finding enjoyment in the ordinary. (laughs) Wow. These must be some really miserable marriages. (laughs) One thing I really like is the only mess is your mess.
0: Mm, Yes. That
1: must be for people who get divorced and don't have children because that is certainly not the only mess in my house, my mess. And also dating again and setting an example. I think this is an important one. Yes. One of their folks who wrote in said, for me, it's dating again with teenage daughters. They're watching my every move and asking me tons of questions. I feel like it's an opportunity for communication that might not otherwise happen. So, again, I think it's really cool when you are kind of representing yourself I right. say to people that are clients or users of It's Over Easy all the time. Get out there. Get ready for the date. That might be the more most enjoyable part of it. Take a glass of wine in the bathroom. Put your makeup on. Your aftershave if you're a guy. Get ready. Picking the restaurant. That sense of excitement. And then go sit across the table from somebody and present yourself as you would love to be foreseen. Yeah, absolutely. As you, as you'd like people to look at you and see you. And sometimes that's what it's all about. And if it's a horrible, horrible date, you have something really bon- funny to laugh with your friends about later on. Whether... He had terrible breath, whether she was like (laughs) completely complaining about her ex the entire time. It's not about necessarily finding your next spouse. It's about getting out there and how people perceive you and
0: more importantly, how you perceive yourself. I loved what Chelsea Handler said when she was on the show about the sooner you stop dating the wrong guy, the sooner you can find the right guy. That's right. That's right. Another thing in this article that I liked, and this reminded me so much of Many of the things that that you've you've taught me over the time that we've been working together, the experience and knowledge you gain in divorce. People don't know before they start the process how much they're going to know about family law by the time they finish it. Right.
1: That's, again, why I wrote the book five years ago, because so many people said to me, if only I knew then what I know now.
0: Mm -hmm. So now you
1: have an opportunity to find it out.
0: Dahlia Singer on Reddit responded to this particular point in the Bustle article saying, "...the most underrated part of my divorce was all the relationship knowledge and experience I walked away with. I learned a lot about my own needs, what not to do's, and so many new skills from the marriage counseling we attended that can be applied to future relationships." (laughs)
1: <laughs> I know. I love it. And then what we ask it It's Over Easy and if Divorce Sucks is give that information to others. Let's start talking about this. Let's get people educated so that this doesn't have to be such a horrible experience for so many people, at least financially and legally speaking. Having support for what you're going through. It's over easy. We've got the index, which is a provider directory for all kinds of people that can help out. We've got our blog and we've got our Facebook page. All ways that you can kind of log in, speak to other people who either have gone through or are going through what you're going through. You are not alone out there. Really, my whole mission, evidently in life, is to make sure that people are educated, that people approach divorce differently. We are changing the face of divorce and calling it the evolution of dissolution. There we go. That's it for the Sunny Side Up Report today.
0: Goodbye. We'll see you soon. And- how do you
1: say it? A <laughs> saying <laughs> Oh, in Dutch? Uh, Achtepleet. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Red. I got, got confused. <laughs> Dach. You know how we... to say it also in Dutch? Goodbye. Of course. What is it?
0: Ashtablief is a nice, warm, like a chow in Italian. Ashtablief. Right. But then Dach is bye. How do you know this? Well, I've spent a lot of time in Holland. You are? I have. You do? I did. When? All of the, the 90s. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I missed you. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, I wanted to tell you about Fab Fit Fun. I just got my seasonal subscription box. And I'm loving it. This is the winter box. It's a box that is delivered to you. And it has full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. I got over-the-knee socks, bare paw, a headscarf, and mittens. There's a Mark and Graham blanket that is just the softest thing I've ever felt. There's yummy lotions and a face mask. All kinds of things to pamper yourself. The Winter Box is available now, so sign up before they sell out. All of these products are worth over $200. It retails for forty nine ninety nine. Use the coupon code DIVORCE. You get another $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. You will not want to miss this box. There's skincare from Glam Glow, Kate Somerville, Dr. Brandt, Anthropology and Juice Beauty, fashion items from from Vince Camuto, Free People, Michael Stars, Trina Turk, and Millie. Oh, I love them. Beauty products from Tarte, Moroccan Oil, Chi, Beauty Blender, Oscar Blondie, and Zoya. So, absolutely do not miss this. When I got my first box, it was like Christmas morning. Opening it up, seeing all the stuff that these folks sent was amazing. I loved it. It came to my office and so there was like seven or eight gals in my office looking at this box that got delivered and I was the envy of the entire suite. It was amazing. I just absolutely love it. So please sign up for FabFitFun, www.fabfitfun.com If you use this coupon code DIVORCE, you get $10 off your first box. It's so cool. And if you're listening to the Divorce Sex podcast, you definitely deserve to treat yourself. Fab Fit Fun, treat yourself. Today on Divorce Sucks, we're talking about co-parenting with a sense of humor. And our guest is none other than the man who Comedy Central named one of the 100 greatest stand-up comics of all time. And the Comedy Central list includes people like Richard Pryor, Lenny Bruce, Phyllis Diller, Joan Rivers, and many other names you all know. But unlike some of the people on that list, the person joining us today is alive. Well, that's good. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce you to funny man, actor, divorced father of two, and host of more stories right here on Podcast One, Jay Moore. Welcome to the Divorce Sucks Podcast, Jay.
2: You're really funny. That's because <laughs> the joke in my head was, anybody on that list alive?" <laughs> it's amazing. As soon as that list comes out, you're like, well, who's like Wait right minute. above me?
1: Right. Because you then you'll know. Going,
2: like, Emo Phillips. I, I just <laughs> random name I pulled out of the ether. It's like when my podcast debuted at one, I had my computer open. And my wife came over and closed my laptop. I go, what are you doing? She goes, there's nothing above one."
1: Right? (laughs) That's right. It's It's not going to get better.
2: social media, like, henpecking attention, like, how much is enough uh, culture?
1: So tell me something. When they first told you that we wanted to have you on Divorce Sucks, what was your first thought?
2: I said, if I can bring Skittles, that'd be good for me. Lemon, lime, fruit flavors. Christopher Walken. Johnny. On the spot. (laughs) He's crazy. (laughs) He's dressed like a handsome man. I was excited to do it because I like it.
1: Did you hear that, Matt Johnson?
2: I like the podcast. It's podcast. Uh, the fact that you guys speak, y- you're not weighed down. Like when people get a divorce, one person discovers like Montana, right? A personal space, like, wow, there's room for me, right? And the other person keeps the other person. I'll generalize. The wife keeps the last name, right? With some bullshit excuse, like, well, I can't fly if we have different last names. Yeah, you can. Yeah. They hang out with other divorced people, they just trash talk. It's like, the guy's out dancing or the girls out dancing, and the other spouse is like, Can you believe it? Yeah, we can believe it. It <laughs> happens to everybody. There's a common denominator in my divorce is me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an accelerant.
1: So uh, let me ask you this. You, you know, I'm sorry, you, you know those jack in the boxes?
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's when I meet them. Right. Right then. Right there.
1: Well, okay, but your second marriage that just was finally terminated in August of 2018, you guys went back and forth a little bit. What happened there? You filed, then you dismissed, then you filed, and you went through with it.
2: I filed something called ex parte when.
1: That's an emergency, guys. I'm very yeah. familiar. Yes. and
2: it's like you know, let's both get drug tested. Let's both, you know, for everybody's well being, let's both get drug tested. Let's both go to treatment or theater. Uh, theater.
1: <laughs> let's <laughs>
2: both go to therapy. And, Which can um, be a
1: theater of sorts. Of
2: course. How, you, how do you respond to that mirror that's held <laughs> up in front of you? That's why nobody likes your therapist. And it had to be a well oiled like, Normandy invasion of awful. And then in front of the judge, the judge said, do you have a nanny? And I said, yes. And she goes, well, then nobody's life's in danger if he's with the nanny. So he had to go home and make it work and get another date. That was a long ride on the ten home. Yeah. Like, I got to go back and be like a cuckold in my own house and live in a guest room.
1: That's what I did.
2: You try to make it work. And you just empty the well beneath the well that you didn't know you had until something like that happens.
1: We were talking a little bit before you got here about you know if only you knew then what you know now. I feel like so many people are like, even if they've got good lawyers, and you did because I knew your lawyers, you never know what's going to happen if you go to court. So if you knew then what you you know know now, you're gonna get a divorce. (laughs) Yeah, but you're gonna get a divorce anyway. You don't need some guy in a robe to be reading through the papers maybe before or after he or she's had lunch and tell you that shit. I mean that's what bothers me is our court system is cluttered. The system is broken. If you can work it out on your own, you're better off. And somebody should have said to you there's a good chance you're going to go down there and nothing's going to happen. So be prepared for that long ride home on the 10.
2: It was it, that was said, but you know, best interest of the child is best interest of the child. So all, it's interesting because when everybody was like dividing assets and I'm not I'm never speaking ill of my ex or my exes because they're not here to defend themselves and their reality might be entirely is entirely different from my reality. And
1: they're the mothers of your sons. I think so. <laughs> you
2: know, yeah. Who knows, you know? With pillows and stuff tucked under shirts. Can... Johnny, if you laugh out loud, people know might have a good time. <laughs> Why are you holding it in? So I remember what I was saying.
1: The bombs of your sons and you don't want to shit tuck them, but oh, generally yeah. speaking it, best
2: interests. The best interest of the child. So while everybody's like dividing assets, somebody has to put a kid into a school and get him into some kind of organized, whether it's sports or a club. Somebody has to get him into the school after preschool because divorce takes forever. And you just kind of like step off the railroad tracks and you go, not one car in this train can see that, like, nobody thought to put this, I don't know. It, it's It's the most fascinating bus breaking down figuratively ever because when you get married – you're both so joyful. Like, that was the love of my life. Like, I'm still hurting. Like, my gut's hurt. I'll never... People go, oh, now you're happy. Like, I'll never be, like, happy, happy. Because right? there's that that God-shaped hole so famously written. Like, I don't know what happened. I just said in the on my podcast, the Life Coach episode, like, you're never going to get a why. Right. You have to just concede, don't know. Right. You make yourself insane. Like, but why? But if you're with, say... Somebody who's abusive, you're with a narcissist, it's a master-slave relationship, If uh, you know, somebody's a passive narcissist. It's like, why? Like, why? Why would you say you're not sending group emails if I'm on the email? Like, the most concrete things, and you get gaslit so far down the line, you just got to just cut your losses. Like, we're, we've lost, this is the frozen chosen of Korea, career- like, we just lost this battle. We have to get out. Yeah. We're out. It's, you know, Black Hawk Down, like, we're done here. We got to go. You're never going to get a Why? It's really...
1: And it's also another thing people say to me a lot about divorce is, well, this isn't fair. It's never going to be fair.
2: Life is not fair, but it is fantastic.
1: Yes. And if
2: you keep focusing on what's unfair, you're going to miss the fantastic. Too true. When are we doing our own podcast? When are we we doing our... Let's go.
1: Johnny's Johnny's ready.
2: Emojis over our heads like, this is great.
1: We're talking about co-parenting today and the ways we as parents can raise capable kids to become kind adults. A reader commented on the co-parenting with an asshole article I wrote for the It's Over Easy Insights blog asking, when is it shitty enough to take your ex back to court? Going back to court is an expensive undertaking, and I know that I won't know all of this reader's circumstances, but I got to say if there's any possibility of working shit out between the two of you, you should. You always want to make sure that you're not going to spend more money And negative energy preparing for a court appearance where a judge might not have time to hear you that day, might not have time to read or listen to all the facts in your situation, or simply might not like or dig what you're asking for, and you could end up worse. Court is always a risk. So again, when is it shitty enough to take your ex back to court? Obviously, if there's domestic violence, if there's drugs or alcohol, if anybody's in physical danger – that might be a time, but if we're talking about you know $50 here, $27 here, you got to pick your battles. I wrote an article for our blog that's called Co-Parenting with an Asshole. I'm not saying that your exes are assholes, but how do you kind of navigate the fact that you have two kids with two different moms, and I'm in the same situation, just reversed, I have two different dads, and you're trying to be the best parent you can be. How does that work when not always everyone's on the same page?
2: It, well, it's communication, period. It's, it's just communication. And I've gotten into the habit of reading and editing each email and each text. Like, this is too much information. Like, you really have to get it to a one-lane highway. Tomorrow, he gets out of school at 135. I will be there to pick him up. JJ. Be, hey, hope you're having a good day. Like, you never know when they're going to get onto an off-ramp reading something or distracted. Like you've gotten emails and you're like, hey, that's a great idea. And they go, Did you see the part? You're like, oh I didn't even get that far.
1: <laughs> I
2: do, because I got attention Okay, span so
1: Less is more.
2: Yeah. I, I think that it's actually our about, next book,
1: Less Is More. Yeah, a little, little hammy. Okay, fine. My I next book's Get it. Your
2: Gazelle. Actually. <laughs> How to Unlock Your Best Self by Thinking Like a Wrestler. That sounds like a waiting for Guffman guess. <laughs> My next book is Get Your Gazelle. So it's communication, not saying extra. And I think X's. I don't know. I think we are all really good at picking up insincerity. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you? In of itself, is like
1: I don't f- care. You right? You
2: shut your mouth
1: when you talk to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to quote Rebecca De Mornay from some movie, "Wedding Crashers," the Dang beginning
1: bro. mediation scene.
2: And uh, yeah, like I get some texts where I'm like, "What do you want? Just write what you want." Like, it's all like, hey, you know, everything's great, the best. From people also. Yeah, I'm talking about access. Who cares? And it's like, I don't know, it puts people on guard. And I think it should, maybe. It's a good question. You got me all, like, philosophical. You know, if you chase two rabbits, you lose two rabbits. So you got to keep it really simple, brother. <laughs> Look at me like my <laughs> co-host here.
1: Killer maybe you should have sat next to me. Jay J Moore sitting across... Tell us about raising boys, particularly your teen boy, in like this Me Too era. What do you tell these guys? How do we navigate this? We, as though I'm a dude. How do you navigate this? Um,
2: The Me Too, like half my stand-up is just about having boys and the climate now. Like my joke about Me Too is if I ever got accused of Me Too, I'd say, well, first I have erectile dysfunction, so (laughs) it's kind of impossible. I'm not too excited to push rope uphill all over town. (laughs) And secondly I'd go uh, Harass her No I was trying to F*** her Like what would you say (laughs) I went to the Inland Empire I sat in Palmdale I sat through Three photo albums I saw her brother in her mustache phase The sun's coming up I'm like It's time You want to choke on me Or like What are you Like whoa He me too Like no She harassed me I drove to the Inland Empire It's like from stand up Is this
1: where most Of your dating occurs In the Inland Empire
2: No Oh No And not even Silver Lake No Ladies
1: Come west. Come west.
2: It's gentrified. Wink. That's mighty whitey to help out the neighborhood with your presence, everybody. <laughs> People say that like it's a weird badge of honor. Like, I live in Harlem. It's gentrified. I like it better when it's just black. Right. Instead of assholes like you, like trying to park a Prius f- on 126th Street and Shabazz Avenue. It's not like Colin Quinn all of a sudden. All right. <laughs> I tell my sons a lot about the objectifying of women. Um, my 7-year-old likes this kid, Johnny Orlando, like this YouTube kid that sings. And this little Johnny Orlando, like, hey, girl, what you doing last summer? does <laughs> like all the same poppy stuff. <laughs> He's like 13. There's a 13-year-old girl, and there's like a shot up her legs. She's got a really tiny skirt. I said, Meredith, let me, uh, can I explain something to you, when you? I said, this is like a, how old do you think the girl is? She goes, 10, 15, 12? I go, yeah. So, you know, there's a guy, you been on daddy's, like, when Dad goes to work, and you see a guy that directs everybody, he goes, yeah. I go, so a grown man put a camera right next to this girl's butt and just recorded her legs. That's not okay. That's really bizarre. And he goes, oh. I realize, like, nobody told us this stuff. And that's why it's the most misogynistic earth. Like, you think it's hard being black, Jewish, Puerto Rican. Try being a woman for, like, half of a day. You'd be like Jesus. I want out. Like let's just be dudes and headlock each other. It's f-ing insane. Like it's a, it's like a twelve year old girl. It's like up the like a hoochie mama. Eesh. There's that weird like a drop, not a drive me mean, whatever it is with age, where it's like a milk carton aging of themselves. Like, yeah. I don't know how old this kid is. You watch Nickelodeon shows and you're like,
1: that's okay because all those kids are like twenty five. They're just playing ten. Why am I talking like Ellie Bull? <laughs> <laughs> I just How came about from
2: downtown, I came from Mitch and Murray.
1: <laughs> How about Alec Baldwin? Can you imagine having taking a swing at someone if they were in your parking spot? I don't know what happened. I think he took a swing at someone because they took his parking spot in New York. When Got I arrested sense? last week. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine that exactly. Yeah.
2: But I love Alec. He's really funny. Heavier this is what I learned from me. You learn incredible things from being married. Like you get this insight like heavy Alec Baldwin's way hotter than
1: skinny Alec Baldwin.
2: You never like get from guys.
1: Well, you just had to look at one of his brothers, so then you would know what he would look like. But
2: Billy's like super hot.
1: Billy's super hot. He's like. Did you see the movie? It's complicated that Alec Baldwin was in. I Meryl Streep was in it. Yeah. They were married, and, and they, she was trying to date Steve Martin. Yeah, and there's yeah. a scene where they get high together. They're like our parents. Amazing age, scene. And they're in the bathroom, and he's like next to the bathtub, and he, and she keeps calling him big guy, and he's like, "What's with this big guy? Why do you keep calling me big guy? Did I? Is it because I put on weight?" Very funny scene.
2: Yeah, I remember. And that was a, it. Was a great, was great scene movie. They really acted Stone. Were you yeah. like? Did they
1: really get high? Yeah. No. They didn't. How do you know?
2: You know what? Those would be the two that would actually get after it. Of course. Yeah. He'll. He's dashed down. Like he. I was on an airplane once. I said it's Jason Seahorn. You He's a corner back for the New York Giants. I know who Jason Seahorn Money is. Business. I didn't know
1: most of the other people, but go ahead. All right. Your, your
2: half yeah. million subscribers might not. You know. <laughs> I don't think there's that, that many. many. Who is Other Jason
1: that,
2: he's, uh I'll tell you, okay. one million subscribers of the uh, Divorce Sucks podcast. He was a <laughs> cornerback. He's the guy that guards the wide receivers, but he was white, and that's like it never happens. There's like a white corner, um, and he's really gorgeous. He married Angie Harmon, and I'm sitting next to him on an airplane to JFK, and I go, hey, why? it it's right when Angie Harmon left Law & Order. Alec Baldwin's in the center, solo seat by himself. He's out cold. We're still on the ground, big bushy beard. He's spilling out. It. He's, he's gone, right? He's out. And he goes, I go, why did Angie leave a long order? he goes, well, you know what she felt like? He gives me this whole like, explanation of how show business works. And her character reached its like tipping point. You know, the options become limited. And when you do a show like that, especially procedural drama, there's like a, you know, like a, a jock. Alec Baldwin, the bullshit woke Alec <laughs> up. He wakes up from a dead sleep and goes, hey, hey, JJ, hey, Jason, you want to know when? She left that show the moment she met you. (laughs) Rolls back over, goes right back to, like, he couldn't take because he's had, like, a 36 dollars contract. Yeah, that's why.
1: Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 television channels and thousands of movies on demand and completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. Are you getting that it's free? What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute.
0: Sometimes in your life, you need to hit the reset button. And Life Reboot on Podcast One's got you covered. It's time for you to live your best life. And hosts Leah Messer, Lindsay Riley, and Brian Scott are here to give you the tools you need to empower yourself and live life to the fullest. And when you're in a place of
1: self-worth, that's when you don't feel that need to kind of put people down and to judge other people for where they're at. It's kind of just like, this isn't right for my life.
0: Check out Life Reboot every Wednesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: You're listening to Divorce Sucks. I'm your host, attorney, and the founder and CEO of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I know more than most people do about divorce. The modern family and the myriad of ways that adults' behavior can affect the children around them. Today on Divorce Sucks, Emmy Award-nominated actor, author, stand-up comic, producer, and podcaster, Jay Moore joins us to share his divorce stories and talk about co-parenting. Jay hosts the sports, comedy, and entertainment podcast, Moore Stories, right here on Podcast One, and he was one of the funniest cast members on Saturday Night Live back in the 90s. His film credits include playing Bob Sugar opposite Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. That is my favorite of his. And that same year, he was cast as Nick in Picture Perfect, co-starring opposite Jennifer Aniston. Jay has appeared in more than 25 films and over 50 television shows, including The Ghost Whisperer and Gary Unmarried, when he played Gary. Tell me, if you can, what was the difference between you, – you had a starter marriage, right? Back in the somethings. Yeah. All right. So how long How long were you married 90s, to that person? don't oh, know, Johnny told us. It's somewhere on here.
2: I was married uh, eight, year, eight years. Well, that's not such
1: a starter marriage, but it was your first marriage.
2: I was never in it. I was never, like, there. I never had two feet down. No. Ever, ever, ever. I was not the best me whatsoever.
1: But you have a 16-year-old that's the product 15, of that yeah. relationship, 15. Yeah. So that was something good that came of it. How did you approach divorce two differently from divorce one? I like asking people who have been through it more than once because, again, what, what I knew, I wish I knew then what I know now. You had a little bit of insight into this process, and it doesn't seem as though it went so much easier
2: for you round two. No, it was much harder round two because round two is what you're sure of. Oh. And Springsteen's got a great lyric in Brilliant Disguise, God of, God of mercy on the man who doubts what he's sure of. Um, I was sure. And I was sure, and it was amazing, and I was a different better person because of my union with this other being. Like I became a truer self. And people noticed I was I, I was calmer. I was, you know, I I wanted to she's the only civilian I ever wanted to be as funny as. Ever. Comics just work in this dog whistle arena in our own heads. It's like you don't even know what the hell's going on half the time. And you only hear what I've edited. So as crazy as I am, you only hear what I've gone, this can go out. Right. It's like JFK and O'Hare up here. So with her, like you're learning words. It was really the love of my life. It was like the first date she used the word panacea. Thanks, brother. I didn't know what it meant. And she explained it, like, in a beautiful, like, oh, it means, you know, like a cure I go, oh, a cure I go, okay. Like, I'm learning, like a bait, I'm learning new words with this person. And I give a shit about them. I want to be as smart as her. I want to be as funny as her. And I also have my own identity as a great comedian, a, a good actor. Like, I know what I'm doing, but there's this other world here. Like, this person lived in Santa Monica. She grew up listening to, like, Foghorns and the Ocean and... She fascinates me and then when that starts going away it's it's like having a it's like having a, a big photo on a wall that like gets too much sun.
1: Why does it go away? Well,
2: you'll never know.
1: There's you no look, why.
2: You'll go insane. And you go, you know, if we move the photo out of the sun it won't fade. You're Like it's not a photo in the sun we're talking about. It's my interpretation. Right. And I'm oversimplifying because mm-hmm. I need to. And you just watch it go, and you watch it go, and you watch it go, and you keep bringing it up. And then when you bring it up, it's the sorest subject on earth, not what's actually happening. And then you, it's like... In one of my poems, I had this line, untangling your necklaces before I get started on the noose. It's like every conversation is untangling a necklace. And then every time you go to pick up the necklace to put it on, your only conversations are about the last time you tried to untangle it. And it gets more tangled and more tangled. You don't even enjoy that you're wearing this beautiful thing it's it's confounding like it's i like i love evolutionary psychology as a wrestling coach and a fight coach i love you know apex predators and why and homo sapiens homo erectus you know neanderthals like why things happened over millennia when it happens in 9 years and 11 months no and that was by chance by the way <laughs> cuz don't forget i got sent home
1: right i remember
2: shovelled for I did my best, fries? It's the most mind-boggling thing. It's like you go in the ocean. It's like rabbits, cats, and dogs. You're like, you guys aren't supposed to. What are you? It was like a fucking dolphin mowing your lawn. You're like, what the fuck happened? And it just
1: happens. Were you in therapy during this time period?
2: No, I couldn't. I was. It was being very careful about. I'll you know I'll share anything, but because there's another person, right? I don't. It's not particularly fair, and it also never makes me feel better talking about the rearview mirror. And it took me two years, by the way, to realize. Like, I'm just realizing that now. Like, wow, I'm, like, exhausted. My jaw hurts, and I have diarrhea because <laughs> I just told somebody else what happened. Nobody gives a shit. Stop explaining what happened. The president doesn't need any explanation. You go to a show with a friend, a girlfriend, you go, this is the, we and McIntyre. This is the best. And your friend goes, I know. That's it. Right. Because it's the present. Right. You don't go, we drove here. We got, when we went to the wrong theater, and then that person took our ticket and that guy's coat was on the chair. No, right now, this is great. But when it's something negative and you tell people what happened, we want witnesses because it's so confounding. It's not reality, but it is reality, but you don't know what reality is eventually. And that's why homo sapiens are still here and not extinct because we were able to speak to 150 people about, hey, there's a lion on that one path. And everybody goes, hey, okay all right there's no so nobody goes over there right. and they will die, but there 's no line on a path, so when something bad happens to us, the first thing we do is we the person we like the most our friend, we just vomit ink and and shit all over them, and then this happened, and this happened this happened, and our friends God bless them. they never have the heart to go i don 't really care. I care a little bit because I love you, but this is all shit in your house, and I just came to go to a game. what do we? But
1: isn't it important that you get that out? That's why I asked you about therapy. Are you in therapy now?
2: That's because you may want to look into that. Place to share things like that, right? Because that person has constructive things to say to you. Training, show you, getting
1: paid, use.
2: Yes, that's their specialty, right? Your friend, my friend Kelly Lowry. I'm getting gas. We're going to a Dodgers game. I get back in the car. He goes, "You spent more time explaining what happened than what happened." I went, "Oh my god, that changed my life." He's right. This guy drove down from Bakersfield to go to a Dodgers game. Hey, He's like, you know what? What he didn't say was, chill out.
1: Right. That's your shit. How about talking about it on the next dates? Really bad.
2: It is really bad. I don't know. I've never really had it happen that much. And I don't do it really. If something comes up with the ex, it's like, yeah, my ex met that guy. It was like this interesting. Like, right. It's never like, can you believe it? Or like, I wish, whatever, you look more. I don't even, I've never really had that happen. Okay, so. that's Have good. You, yes. Like well, guys telling you about an ex.
1: Yes, I'm a divorce a lawyer, so yeah. Well, they they want to talk about everything that happened in their case too, not just the not just like how. Oh, I mean, like you want, don't don't lawyer it up. No, here. I mean, I'm sitting on a date, and the guy's oh. like, "So let me," uh, and I'm like, "Dude, seriously? I mean, I know you're paying for dinner, but I made fifty an hour, so I think we, maybe we should just change the conversation." What makes you think I'm paying for dinner?
2: <laughs> how do I? Either, you know, because no,
1: okay. you asked me on the date, of course. I would. About dating, do you do online dating? How do you date?
2: Wow, it is not a very high average. The dating apps. No. You show up for a date, and all these f-ing filters, people. It's like, hey, you don't have bluebirds shooting out of your nose. <laughs> You're not a panda.
1: <laughs> I read Harry this. However, think about this. I read this book, and it was. It was like little Kim died. It was. <laughs>
2: it's for you, Johnny. Sorry. Sorry, you read this
1: book. Totally fictional, and it was about a totally different topic. However, the beginning of it, the guy was like a coder. He worked for an online dating app, and he figured out an algorithm which really could help people find their, their Mr. or Ms. Right. Like it was like perfect every time. I don't know how he did it. He found all the things. Blah, blah. And after about two months of this being a huge success, the dating app fired him because they basically said to him, no one's going to use our dating app if they keep finding their right person. So you, oh, you're out. Yeah. yeah, it was a cool thing to think about. I don't date online, so I wouldn't know. But I'm always never curious. Been on a dating app? Never.
2: Those grinder guys, though, they're ready to go. <sighs> He's two feet from you. Oh, Dad. Dad. <laughs> Stop sending pictures of your dad. <laughs> Yeah, like there's like the Bumble and like, there was one seeking arrangements I got on, yes. and I didn't realize it was
1: we were po- that's hookers, right? I mean, we reported about that. Which, by the way, yes. there's not, like Jerry Seinfeld, nothing
2: wrong with that. I have more respect for an actual escort that goes. This is my donation, right? For ro- roses, right? Like, oh, you really smoked all the <laughs> detectives on that case. All <laughs> oh, he's just giving her four roses. She's not an escort.
1: But at least you know where you stand, right? And these girls,
2: like every profile said, I should probably like, you can delete the app. But I've had like a girl go, no, I know you're on it because it's the green. D-. I go, if my computer's on, I'm on it. It's not like, it doesn't know when you're actually on seeking you a You could
1: rent. delete the app.
2: No, well, I delete oh, the okay. app. has gone. Okay. But I'm like, but I didn't delete the account. Oh. Safety net. <laughs> I come into a lot of money. <laughs> but Johnny minds side boob business.
1: We um, did talk about this online because there was something in the New York Times a few weeks ago about a girl who got totally scammed. The guy Good. was pretending that he was like a wealthy guy that worked at really? a hedge fund, and he had her and her friend come to a hotel. What's and the they actually get paid money. Correct. Not have sex. And she actually put the money out for the hotel and the blow dry and everything else. Well, then she's not smart.
2: I'm... If you want a sugar daddy, right. you're supposed to like
1: put it up sort front. Of he said, Oh, I'll Venmo you. And then the, the Venmo and never the came flag. through. Yeah, and then seeking arrangement was she like was a that. a terrible <laughs> sugar baby. <laughs> All
2: right, you know what? I'll cover this again. But next time you have to bring some cash for me, Daddy. I will. Uh,
1: Get some sandwiches,
2: too. Feed the guys.
1: (laughs) Like, what? Okay, what else? Bumble, the hooker one. There's Raya. Are you on Raya?
2: It's it's absolute zeros across the board. Really? You see everybody where they are. And when I was in Manhattan, I got a little nuts like, wow, if I walk into this (laughs) omelet parlor, it's just (laughs) tits and ass everywhere. (laughs) They're beautiful. And you go in there and you're like. Yeah, they're sitting there talking to people, and you're just walking in to see if they're here. It's really <laughs> creepy, by me. But the seeking arrangement, everybody goes looking for a situation that's mutually beneficial, and like people want you to give them money to meet them. It's like I don't show business. Like I kind of, I go to Gelson's. I'm all right. <laughs> like I don't know how to convey via text. And if I sound like a douche, I'm all out of. F- I don't care. Like I think you'd be pretty lucky, like if we met.
1: You know? It, that could be conveyed easily by. Do you know who I am? That's, I think, the showbiz way of saying that. I had an account.
2: It. When I first was on Tinder, they closed my account because they thought I was imitating me. <laughs> and I'm like, do I really want to email Tinder and go, it's I me. am? And I go, no. Oh my God, the Jamaican girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like went all the way back and just I remember like one girl's profile. I never saw it again. She was like some DJ. I was like, she seems. Really I was never with like a brow like like a person like that just like argues a lot. It was the other way like the
1: no. no, no. The passive anger. I uh. mean, passive anger. Like I think it's passive terror. <laughs> Everyone's so fear runs this
2: whole world. Everyone's so afraid. Like on dating apps specifically, nobody meets. It's like pen pals. You go, hey, I saw your profile. You're really beautiful, and you're obviously smart because you have these side Pictures of his paintings on your Instagram book. And then right back, four days later, hey. Then he had a new Sup? picture. are holding a joint like, what's with all the f***ing joints? Like, that's, that's how you say hi to the world? It's like atheists, vegans, and f***ing pot smokers. Like, everybody f-ing relax. It's not the most interesting thing about you that you have a f-ing blunt in your Adidas shorts.
1: If you were creating your profile on your dating app, Jay, show us. Tell us what you, what you put out there for the world.
2: My personal profiles. uh well, this is actually kind of fascinating if I care embarrassing. Self-employed New Jersey public school less than a mile away. I'm a good <laughs> daddy. <laughs> Looking for a connection. No expectations. You feeling comfortable is a must. Misfits where eagles dare. That's
1: it. That's it? Let me see.
2: It's me outside of wrestling practice, me on stage, me outside of a gas station. Ooh, your hand. Thanks for showing me your cards, there, sweetheart.
1: What? That's a kind of a wrinkly-looking hand. It doesn't look that wrinkly in person. You got to filter that hand. Oh, ooh, bad. Yeah.
2: I don't ooh like. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't look good. I'm gonna get rid of that photo. like, care? Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> I can see your hands. You have a nice hands. You know that's I, not That's, like good. that's not a good representation. And
2: people go like, "You're right, by the way," and you've I told her she's right. Um,
1: let's, let's talk about that for a second. Go like, "Can we talk about that?"
2: Like two thirds. Yeah, two thirds of the girls that have ever texted me on that site. Why is there a picture of your hand? I go,
1: I have strong hands. You do. The hands are good. You gotta got to filter the hands. picture. I have
2: heavy hands. I can't believe you want to say this.
1: What? I have heavy hands. Heavy hands. It's a wrestling term. Oh, okay. They're good. You touch somebody. I look go. at a man's hands when I look at it. And by the way, women, too. We had somebody on that had a really small you,
2: hands, I know I You have really nice hands. I noticed when we came in, but we just started saying hi, <laughs> and we go, you really love me. Nice
1: hands. Sean Connery interview with Barbara Walters that we were discussing before. It's sort of,
2: is it apropos of nothing? Yeah. yeah it's okay. Just to make you happy, I'll do it's it. Just to
1: make me happy. It's really, that's what it's apropos of. Which Sean is, Connery
2: admitted <laughs> to slapping women on, I guess it was, what, 60, no, 20, what was your show?
1: I don't know. Yeah,
2: thank you. Okay. Yes, you do.
1: No, because Barbara then Walton. she moved around. She interviewed me. She was looking at her card. She was quite old at the time, and she looked I mean, at me. Laura, and she said, no, she said, you're Angelina Jolie? I said, no, I, I, what, let me see that. I looked at it. I think I, it said I represented her. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. And I was like, My oh, neck Jesus. My all the way, <laughs> up and down when I talk. How would I
2: see the Lou. Why? She's like Brian Gummel? Johnny, divorce, why? I'm like, what? Why? What is that? Your shirt new? Yes? Why? Yes. Um so Sean Connery, for your request. I've never like told that story ever in my life, <laughs> so here goes. He's being interviewed this is true. He's being interviewed by Barbara Walters and he said something about like, you know, when you hit a woman and she goes, When would it ever be okay? Strike a woman, and he realizes cameras are rolling. He goes, Let's say you're arguing with a woman, and she's right, and you've told her she's right, but she won't shut up. You give her a good stiff right hand, and Barbara Walters is just like <laughs> pulling her goddamn underpants down, like, mm, You're right. Mm. He was like, F- It, I'll tell you, I'm from Scotland, I know right. shit about your stupid TV show and your hairspray, your ratings. When men were men, I couldn't hit. A, I couldn't hit like that.
1: You say it, and you're smiling, and I can see the tooth, the tooth gap.
2: No, I'm smiling because <laughs> how loud your gulps were.
1: I'm a very loud gulper. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a really good trait for a podcaster to have. Do you have to edit those gulps out all the time? The
2: Gulps are It's Johnny holding in every conceivable form of laughter. <laughs> so nobody knows he's enjoying himself is what fascinates. You
1: know me. what it is? I've been beating him for like the past six months. Shut up, Johnny! You're not Why in this you podcast. Want him to laugh? I, know, I do want him to laugh, but you he sometimes has a little guffaw. You wait till he lets it all loose. You know whether it's shit or go blind here. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't.
2: I got need, I'm a lawyer. A the second um, divorce was, uh, it, almost, it almost killed me. I'm not joking. I, um, I checked into a mental hospital twice, I was done. And by the grace of God, I was visiting somebody in a mental hospital downtown. On a Friday, both times it was a Friday. Both times, the very next night, Saturday, I was at the Melrose Improv, December 8th, whatever Saturday is, and December 29th, December 8th, come see me at the Improv. It was just me for 90 minutes. I wanted to do a stupid joke and ruin the flow of the story. So both times a Friday night. I'm in a mental hospital. I'm like, this place is really clean, and everyone has their own shadow 24-7, a person that goes, yes, that's a table. This is a table. Like, you've been gaslit. You're like, oh, wow. So both times of Friday. Both times I the improv on Melrose the very next night. And then I had my AA meeting Sunday in the Palisade at 10 a.m. And then Monday morning, both times, the exact same layout, was a 7.30 a.m. wrestling practice. I didn't even get to the AA meeting or the wrestling practice. As I'm saying, do you guys have any bed? I go, I can't do that to Rita. It's 11 o'clock on a Friday or whatever. Right before visiting hours were over. 9.30 on a Friday, I can't cancel. If I have an 8 o'clock Saturday show, she's too sweet. They're so good to me. I go, I nothing. Standing ovation that night, the next night, AA meeting, and then Monday, 7.30 in the morning, wrestling practice, which is always like clear, like that is the most, <laughs> that's life. That's my sustenance. Right. Both times the exact same thing unfolded. The odds of that are happening are zero. Beyond I have to be born. She has to be born. Our great great grandparents have to not die of the elements in another continent. Like the odds of that happening, are zero. But that's—I went mad for sure. I went absolute. I wrote a poetry book, and it's like you ever see the documentary Crumb, like when his brothers just eating rope, and the pictures in his his like, comic strips go away, and it's just all like tiny letters, and it just—I went absolutely f-ing insane. And then you look back, you go, how did I get this kid into these schools? How was I? I wasn't even there. It's fascinating. It almost killed me. I lost 30 f-ing pounds.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like a plus side.
2: No. 18,
1: yeah. <laughs> Total girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
2: me too. 18, yeah.
1: When you coach okay. wrestling, is it your kids or is it other kids? Oh, I coach Beverly Hills, sorry. Oh, you do? Yeah. I went there. You do? I graduated from there. 86.
2: Did we make out in a swim gym?
1: <laughs> we might have this made f-ing a f-ing swim gym.
2: Crazy rich people that don't go to school or any more language like, so we're going to have our first match in the swim gym. Oh what now? You ever heard the word swim and gym in your life?
1: Johnny went there too, so he has actually.
2: So your house was the black neighborhood. (laughs) I had you pegged for like, panhandle of Florida, like, a little country. Swim gym. Swim gym. God bless you. He could he
1: could recite a half Torah like no other mother. Yeah.
2: By the way, you kept that shit real down the line too. Beverly Hills, gay, fabulous, and you're just like. So How'd you know his? he
1: was gay? Just kidding. <laughs> I told you I married photo. him and his husband. Yeah. Why do you think, you know, Yeah,
2: we've already exchanged photos. <laughs> I said, those guys on Grindr are ready to go.
1: They're DTF. Yes. See, how do I know this if I'm not on any of these sites? I look, I research. i
2: looking at because, me. Because they're guys. Oh, right. And guys are DTF constantly. All the time. We're a little less up here in the head. Right. And women have the contingency exits. Right. Down the line. Like, wow. Right. When girls... The old joke of, like, you won't respect me if we fool around. If you f*** me, you will leapfrog my parents in respect. I, my parents, I respect them. They never blew me. Right. They never stuck my dick, like, with a kid sleeping in the next room. Not mine. That's disgusting. For some, for some reason, hers is it okay. It's just lascivious. With me, it's like, ugh. No way. You won't respect me. Like, what are you not? You know what I don't respect? This shit. This conversation. I'm in your hotel room, like, on the road. I tapped out so early. I'm ever trying to get laid. Because it was like I was twenty, literally, like LSU. I remember the places: Natchitoches, Louisiana, LSU. Been scrolling very well. <laughs> Tampa, and three out of four places. I'm in. I'm in my hotel room on like the twentieth floor. The girls like after making out, like whoa, I, whoa, whoa! I didn't come here for that. Like you don't we even watch the f-ing news. You were at my show. Like, and I would say this is how girls get raped. And I'm like. I, not me.
1: But you, <laughs> not like, in th- not in room four ten. Like, they you don't just get hit raped.
2: The jackpot of safety. Like you got to get your head right. Like what are you doing? I mean, nobody. I'm never blaming a victim ever. But it's like, sweetheart, I care about right women to, people too much. To Did
1: like, you do you remember the whole Aziz Ansari story with the woman that wrote the thing it was on the all date? Like halfs and he, and then maybe this and that.
2: But like, it wasn't worth the press. It was printed like the Louis C.K. thing isn't. I I just recorded this last night on my life coach pod. It's like, America loves an apology. Not because we like to see that you're, you know, making amends or whatever, because it separates us. We're better than you the moment you say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You make us wait. Pete Rose, fuck him. But also, when you make an apology, we know when it's insincere. Bill Maher, Louis C. Like, what the fuck are you guys, you are counterculture. You sat across from girls that opened for you and said, hey, do you guys mind if I jerk off? No. And then uh, we all knew Louis did it. Like sixteen years later, it comes out. They, they still pick it as fucking shows. He says words for income. That's what you're protesting. If I go to jail for murder, I can get rehabilitated. You'll go oh, that guy did.
1: Twenty years. He really put murder. his life together. Probably
2: sweeping hair in the barbershop. He's got his shit together. He jerked off. And I'm never. I'm pro-victim always. Like I hate when guys go, "What if he didn't do it?" I'm always like, "What if he did?" But there's the door. He's not on top of you. Louis. not a predator.
1: And anybody that was a Louis fan, it was all about perversion. It was all about what he did. It was all self-deprecating.
2: It was all right there. But the minute I, if I offended anybody, which in its construct is so untruthful, you're not allowed to hit people. Hey, when I hit you, if it hurt, I'm sorry. No, you're not allowed to hit people. You're either f***ing sorry or some terrible publicist wrote, if I offended anyone, I'm sorry. Are you sorry you said it or not? I'm not at all. Like, I agree. TMZ picked up that. I said, like, the N-word on Twitter, I retweeted a rapper. Right. Because I was dating a very famous, wealthy person. It's, like, constantly being vetted for vice president. Like, what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And they stick that name at the bottom of the article. Now we got a situation.
1: Right. That's our media. Like, our media. I'm sorry. I'm a
2: f***ing reporter. It's my job. Patrice O'Neill, Remember Patrice O'Neill, Rest in peace, big man. He goes like monkey bars when you're a kid. I might miss that monkey bar. I might break my face open. You will let me break my f-ing face open. You will not tell me. I cannot reach. You see little kids, this now me. All they want to do is go up the stairs. Up the, f- no kids like going down the f-ing stairs again. Up. We all want to ascend. We have to keep reaching and evolving higher and higher. You can't take that away from us. Comics, or we're dead. You can never introduce doubt. Athletes are comics.
1: That's why your wife closed the computer. Off, I'll take your thoughts your- here. <laughs> That's why your wife closed the computer when you were at one. Attica! Attica! You're out of water!
2: <laughs> Are you going to tell me a comedian is dropping f-ing knowledge? Telling me how to live my f***ing life? That's rich, Johnny. Hoo. That's rich. Al's got a little bit of a lisp. It affects the consonants, too.
1: It's a, it's a shame, listeners, that you can't see the face. He's really good. Jay. Yeah? Thank you so much for being here today on Divorce Sucks. But before we go... Can you do alternative lifestyle droopy? Yes.
2: Wow. My favorite podcast ever. Oh, my God. Did Johnny dig that up? Yeah. Oh, boy. Johnny married a white man, so he did all the heavy lifting. On my radio show, I didn't want to say gay droopy because I didn't want anybody to be like, what's he got against gays or droopies? (laughs) She said, Alternative Lifestyle Droopy. Like, you know, I have 10 nipples. (laughs) Uh oh, lipstick out of the case. (laughs) Boy, cheaters never win, but they sure ejaculate a lot. (laughs) I I would never have done that again had he not pulled that off.
1: So I'm glad you did.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Tell us, either in Alternative Lifestyle Droopy or in another alter ego, um, tell us about your podcast, your podcast. I'm crazy
2: more than I listen to more stories, damn it. <laughs> I regulate Johnny's like me, I regulate all shades.
1: That's a maiden call in Johnny's house, damn it. And how can we stay up to date with what you're doing, Jay? Uh,
2: my podcast is More Stories. You can email me at more stories thirty seven thirty seven at gmail.com. Jaymore.com is my website. Uh, poetry book Well Beneath the Well in January, February. Yeah, I don't know, just hit me up. What do you need? I'll take care of you. That's need a- new boobs? You know? <laughs> I'm going to come into a great have deal of offer. money and smell it when I'm about to pop, Johnny. You know what I'm talking about. You don't, because you're a perfectionist. You never got your nose to the wind. It's weird that actually use the word Johnny. It's like I'm doing a character, Johnny. <laughs> you always got your nose. You don't have your nose to the wind. I do, Johnny. Smoke luckies. Don't let the dames vote. We did 40s announcer on my radio show, too. I'd play, like, 40s music go, Come on out to the ballpark. <laughs> There's a real live black man on the field. Watch out. He looks exotic, friends. (laughs) Buy wall bonds. Oh, I know how that evolved because I got obsessed with, like, when Jackie Robinson first started playing baseball as the first black baseball player, he led black baseball players, and every, with one, he led all. So, Jackie Robinson leads. There goes Jackie Robinson, UCLA. I can't believe it either, friends. Leads all black baseball players with one home run. Like, I just got obsessed how that. Never was going in the other direction. So that was the genesis of something you never asked about. <laughs> Norm McDonald, Johnny, you're a husband. His name's Michael, you know? Yeah, he's a good guy. It was Norm. I'm not going to shoehorn a whole bunch of questions unless you ask specifically. If I was a lawyer, I would think I would... Can, how many times can you say withdrawn? Many. Well, maybe that's why you gave your daughter AIDS. Hey, withdrawn. Uh, <laughs> like, what the f***? Yeah. And he uh, lit a cross on fire and it's Withdrawn. <laughs> and murdered uh you know,
1: with John. Can you just do that? I, the I actually. That's enough. I do. I do that. I say it with and John, I say, with Which your honor, withdrawn I'm so sorry. And then. That's why. Jury what do you have? Tourette Wasser? Me to give me an action
2: yeah. with Because <laughs> she's smart. She get off this jury and wait for me at home. Be a good girl. Withdrawn.
1: As a society, it's- we've evolved and we've recognized that the American family structure has undergone enormous changes. Divorce sucks, but it is all around us. And who among us doesn't know someone who's divorced or been impacted by divorce? It's not as scandalous as it was. Part of what makes it so is by shedding light on it. And in the light, there is truth. Jay, now it's your turn to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. When you answer, the divorce sucks interrogatories. You ready? Oh
2: uh, Yeah, the truth okay. doesn't move,
1: so... I know stuff. you're recently divorced, but are you single right now or dating someone? Uh,
2: single by definition. Okay. Good enough. A lot of booty call. All right. what's when your f- I, When that person decides to let the world know that okay. there's some shenanigans, maybe, I don't know.
1: Okay. What's your favorite breakup song? your <laughs> <What's their> position?
2: <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Uh, my favorite breakup song? How Can You Mend a Broken Heart. Okay. Written by the Bee Gees, who sound like Muppets, sold to El Green. Tell me. Made it
1: forever. Made it cool. How can you stop the
2: rain from falling down?
1: Do you want to sing a little bit of it?
2: No. Okay.
1: What would you say to cheer someone up going through a breakup in this political... Oh, not that. What would you say... I don't know you can But
2: I like the question, though, because I don't know if you can really cheer anybody up because you have no idea. It's like each person is their own ecosystem, their own like galvanizing troops and to use war analogies I guess but I don't know if you can break them up more I think the focus is more should be I don't like saying should because it's according to whom could be more letting them off the hook yeah like I'm not gonna cheer you up but I can tell you this you're cool like that's okay like you work you, you really tried here it's good I
1: admire you for that or something like that I like you know what the, the dude responses to that question are so different from the women's responses Women are like, we'll go get some wine. Uh huh. It always has Chardonnay involved in the women's Women and answers. In the wine, it's like a new thing. <laughs> it's not a new thing. I guess it's not. That was come on. Serious. Do you remember Lucy and Ethel and that big thing yes. stepping? That's not a new thing. What rom com could you watch over and over again?
2: Well, when Harry met, Sa- well, yeah, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, that's what I say. And Annie Hall, I guess is. It's so brilliant. It's I don't know if you can classify it as anything.
1: Yeah, I think you can classify it as anything. I'll say Harry and Sally. Okay. All right. We're going to go with And that. I
2: disagree with Billy Crystal. I, I can be friends with a woman and not, like, try to have sex with them. Like, I think that's an integral part of being an adult.
1: I agree. I've always I can't taken... I can look you in the
2: eye like, when I say, you're really beautiful. So I don't want you to think, like, <laughs> message landing, right? Right? We can and be friends. And then I make my move when she's totally comfortable and asleep. <laughs> Finally, in those PJs I bought her in the binky. <laughs>
1: I'm not a divorce monger by any means, but if you're not happy in a relationship and you've grown apart, it's not healthy for a couple to stay together. I do believe it's better for kids to see two happy parents separately than two miserable parents together. Thanks for listening to Divorce Sucks. We're glad you found us and you can join us every week by tapping subscribe on the Divorce Sucks podcast on Apple or Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question about your relationship, parenting, or something else, check out our Insights blog at itsovereasy.com. And if you need post-breakup referrals for anything from an accountant to a dating service, click in the Community tab on itsovereasy.com and go to the It's Over Easy Index to find a curated list of professionals and services from A to Z that can support you before, during, and after a breakup. You can also ask me anything at It's Over Easy on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or leave a comment on our Insights blog, and we'll discuss right here on the Divorce Sex podcast, hosted by me, Laura Wasser.